in any which way, but it won't really build anything. It won't, it won't uh, come together into a, into a finished product. So we have to take God's principles and put them together in such a way, fashion them in such a way, shape them in such a way in the lives of our children that they do come out into a, into a uh, finished uh, product for his kingdom. So I'd just like to share that in the beginning, you know, perhaps refer to that as we go through the, to the message here. Why don't we just pray again here? <clears throat> yes, gracious Father, we, we just pray that you would just be with here, with us here in this time, Father, as we share. Oh, Father, that you would just spur us onward, Father, that you would just uh, light a fire in our hearts, Father, for this, for this task, this important task, this duty that is before us. God, give us a, a clearer vision, Father, and, and Father, that we, would, that we would ever see what's before us, oh God. Lord, that perhaps we're faint this morning, perhaps we need encouragement. And I pray, Father, that the words that are shared today would be encouragement to every heart here, Father. Father, to look deeply and to, to look at what you have in your word consider, concerning raising our children for you, Father. And to educate them, to, to train them, to guide them, to, to form character in them that that will be with them the rest of their days. Heavenly Father, I pray, uh, give us wisdom here today and be with us. Give us, give us help in this, in this work, Father. Pray in Christ's name, Amen. <clears throat> you know, as I thought this morning, the, the little chorus we sang. Uh, Live in me, Lord Jesus, and work through me, Lord Jesus. You know, I, I, I just had the thought, um, you know, this, what is before us is not really, uh, you know, we can do it in our own strength. We can just uh, kind of muster our way through it. But I believe for it to turn out right, we have to have the Lord's help in us. You know, as the brother shared, we need prayer. You know, we can't just uh, buckle under and do it. Uh, you know, it is, it is a spiritual endeavor that we're, that we're after here. <clears throat> you know, as I shared here in the beginning with, with this bowl here and these, these pieces of wood, you know, we need to kind of start with the end in mind. You know, what, what is it that we're trying to accomplish? You know, because it will help us to, to uh, when the days of discouragement come, it will help, help us to pull through because we will get discouraged. We will be uh, sidetracked and, and all the distractions will come. But if we have a vision, if we have what we want in the end, if that's in our mind, then, then we will be able to consist, 
consistently and purposely direct and guide our children. You know, it's going to be a line upon line. You know, every day that we have with our children is, is another line that we're drawing. You know, if you're starting out drawing a picture, you know, I'm far from an artist. I, I, don't, I marvel that somebody could draw anything that's beyond scratchings that I do. But if, if you uh, make a portrait, uh, you know, I, I'm sure the artist has the whole thing in his mind. You know, I start here with one line, but I have the whole picture in my mind of what I'm trying to accomplish, what I'm trying to draw. And in much the same way, we need to, uh, we need to have those things in our mind as well. What are we trying to accomplish? As I mentioned already, you know, we are going to have a bad day. You know, we're going to have some goals. We're going to have some, we might have a schedule that we have set. And, you know, perhaps nothing goes right that day. You know, maybe it's going to be a whole week that just somehow gets, gets all tangled up and gets mixed up. But we need to be able to pull out from that and, and get back on track. <clears throat> so start with the end in mind. And also at the beginning here, I'd like to share that, you know, we have a, a blessed privilege to, to train and to raise our children. Um, you know, sometimes it is, it is a lot of work, it is uh, hard work. You know, it takes courage and it takes, uh, uh, you know, grit to make it through it some days. But it is a blessed privilege that we have. You know, you think of uh, uh, the, re the rest of the world that we live in, you know, think of a communist country and even in history, you know, this privilege has not been for God's people uh, many times. Uh, my mind just went to communist Russia, you know, where they didn't have the ability to train their children. You know, their children were actually, you know, they were demanded that they go to school and not only were they demanded that they, they leave the home, they, you know, the parents couldn't even tell their or talk to the children about God. You know that that would have uh, that would have ended up uh, you know sending the parents to jail or the parents or the children taken away, at, taken out of the home. Uh, so many times in history, you know, we see that you know God's people have had not had the privilege that we have today. You know whether it's uh, economics or the social structure or the government have not always allowed it. But we can today. And I would say that we, we probably are a minority in the world. You know, I, you know, this is, you know, the rest of the world really does not uh, uh, have the privilege that we have. And, and I, as I pondered, I, you know, the, you know, the story of Esther came to my mind uh, as my wife and I were talking about it, you know, here you had Esther uh, came into the kingdom 
And Mordecai made a, a plea to her, go to the king, make an entreaty for your people. And we read that Esther was hesitant. Oh, you just don't go to the king. You know, that, that could be my life if I go into, unto the king. And Mordecai made the entreaty in, to uh, Esther. You know, perhaps it was for this time that you're in the kingdom. You know, those, those words are the words of Mordecai to Esther. Maybe it was for this specific time, Esther, that you are where you're at. Take the opportunity. And hopefully today this could be uh, perhaps uh, me being here just being an encouragement to, to all of you, you know, to take the opportunity, to take the privilege of training our children. You know, we don't know what's ahead for our children, but I, I, I do get the sense many times that, uh, especially the, as, as mixed up as this world is, that we, we are in, in a very unique time, and this is a blessed privilege that we have to take our children and to instill in them godly values and character and, uh, and to protect them as they need to probably more than in, in any other time that we've lived. <clears throat> so I hope, I hope we, we have in our hearts, all of us, that, you know, that this is the blessed privilege that we have and that we do take it serious. You know, we find that, that many times this, uh, maybe the first generation go, runs with it strongly. You know, that, you know they've, they've seen uh, public education or they've seen even a Christian education that, you know, didn't work out so well. And they, they've taken the, um, you know, for their children, they, they sought to teach them at home. You know, we're, we're going to do it a better way. We know a better way. And they, they started out doing that, but maybe the second generation coming along hasn't experienced all the negative things. And maybe they question their hearts, is this really necessary? Do I have to? Do I have to uh, teach my children at home? Is this, is this a requirement? Well, if it's a requirement, then it's probably not going to come out right. I would say it's a privilege that you have. It's a blessed privilege that you have. Uh, and so, with all that said, I want to look at a verse in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, um, just to kind of get started here. Ephesians 6, we'll read 1 through 5. <clears throat> Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment would promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
<clears throat> I believe, a very familiar verse to us. And firstly, I would like to take note here that it says, children, be obedient to your parents. Primarily, children are to be brought up in the obedience to their own parents. You know, the, I'd like to draw attention that it's for a child to be obedient to his own parents, not to uh, the teacher, although these, this is by implication. You know, our, we want our children to be obedient to those that are older or to the, to the, to the elder in the church or, or even a brother. You know, we want our children to be obedient, but the obedience primarily is to the parents because the parents are to be the ones teaching. The parents are to be the ones who instill in them godly value and godly virtue. <clears throat> no one should exercise greater responsibility in the task of, of uh, training and uh, guiding our children than the parents. You know, this is not the duty of a school, of a church, or any other institution. God has places into the hands of parents. You know, this is our, our duty as parents, you know, that our children hopefully can turn to us and, and, in, and be obedient to us as our primary as the primary role for us is to teach them, to train them. You know, as uh, in, in my experience growing up in a Hutterite colony, you know, this is this is one of the things that I that I that I see that is um, uh, how should I say it is 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 a very is not practiced, right? You know, as a matter of fact, it's not, a, it's not a virtue that is held up that a parent is to train his children, a parent is to discipline his children, a parent is to nurture his children. You know, in, in the colony setting, that is not a, a virtue that is, that is there. Instead, it's the, the colony will undertake to, to bring up the children. And as the side effect of that is the parents just basically become side standards in this whole thing of raising our children. You know, they, they're basically, you know, set aside, you know, you're not responsible, and they don't take responsibility. You know, it's the sad, it's the sad thing then. You know, I, I'm sure many uh, parents in a setting like that want to take responsibility for their children, but they really you know, the, the setting doesn't allow for that. And I guess I just mentioned that as that is the, um, uh, that is an example of, of, of a institution or the example of a church or a school or whatever that takes more, uh, uh, what word do I look for? It's not necessarily initiative or, or takes more responsibility in the training of our children than what the parents do. And it doesn't turn out right. You know, we, 
we have the primary role. You know, it is our duty. And we're not just a bystander as somebody else raises and trains our children. As somebody else speaks into the lives of our children, we're just standing by and kind of uh, provide for them in physical ways, but not in, in spiritual and in training and in, in teaching. So a child is to be obedient to his own parents. And secondly, it says here, honor. For a child to honor his father and his mother, his parents. And the, the word honor means to prize or to fix a, a valuation upon, you know, for the child to, to be able to look to his parents and, and place a value in them. I value my parents. You know, I think it's been uh, shown clearly that, you know, the, the one who teaches a child, the one who, who speaks the most into a child, that will be the one that the, that the child looks to, that the child's heart goes out to. You know, it's, uh, it's not a, you know, I don't think that's a, a secret or a, a great mystery. It just happens that way. You know, the one who has the most influence upon a child, that's the one whose heart the child is going to go to. And as parents, we want that to be us. We want to be the one who's, who's, whose heart the child can confide in, whose heart the, the, the child can, can, uh, can be blessed in. Uh, you know, I don't know if any of you have, uh, in your experience, you know, you can look back, maybe, maybe you had a teacher in your life that you could look to that, you know, this teacher was special. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's the way the, the teacher spoke into your life or, or encouraged you or, or was a, uh, uh, you know, encouraged you in a way to, 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 to make you think that you, you can accomplish something that you didn't think you were any good at. And, and, and you know, I had, you know, a number of teachers growing up, you know, I think especially of, you know, there was a time when I was in high school, there was an English teacher who, just in a small way, you know, made a comment on one of the papers that I wrote, and he said, this was a, this was a great paper, Wayne. And I, you know, it did something in me. You know, it was like, you know, this person actually thinks I can write. You know, I, I am not, you know, I have no writing skills. You know, English is far from my favorite subject. You know, but this one teacher, you know, spoke something to me, and it, it, it went right to my heart. And I had respect for that teacher. And in the same way, I guess I would like to, you know, just encourage us as parents, you know, that we can be that for our children. We can be an encouragement to them. We can be one who can make them, you know, I guess lift their esteem in, 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 in that they are special, they have ability, that they can do things. Maybe things that they think, I, I, I am no good at this, you know, I, I can never do it right. You know, could, could we be the ones that can encourage them? Yes, you can. Uh, 
you can get above this. You can, you can excel at this. You know, may, may in our children's minds, may we be the best teacher. <clears throat> now in this verse that we read, it speaks about nurture. And the definition that I found in the Strong's for nurture is, is tutorage, or an education or training. Uh, by implication, it's uh, disciplinary correction, chastening, chastisement, instruction. The whole training and education of children, the whole training and education of children goes into nurture, into that little word nurture. And, and then the other word is admonition, or bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And admonition there is a calling attention to, calling attention to the Lord. And those two things, I guess, the nurture and the admonition of the Lord is where I want to spend some time here now uh, considering these two points. You know, first we want to consider nurturing our children. <clears throat> I guess as I thought of the word nurture, one of the things that came to my mind when you nurture something is you protect something. You take a... a if you have a, a plant and you are nurturing it, you protect it. You know, maybe it's just a little sprig and you, you need to protect it. You're nurturing it. You're, 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 you're watching over it. Uh, a verse there in Romans 6, 19, uh, Paul says, uh, I think I'll just read the, the, the end of the verse. You know, I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And this is what we need to do with our children. We need to have them wise when it comes to those things which are good and simple towards those things which are evil. We don't want them to have an education in, in the vileness and and the filth that's in the world. You know, there's no edification, there's no virtue in that. But to be wise towards that which is good. <clears throat> you know, part of the privilege we have is to guide our own children, is to protect them from the corruption in the world. We can truly appreciate the blessed opportunity when we see the agenda in the public education. If you've looked at all in what you know the the agenda is, or what the what the normal education is in in public school, you know it's it's horrendous when you know considering, uh, or it's very uh, hostile to Christianity. You know it's anti-Christ, it's anti-family. It's a, there's a teardown of godly virtues in replacement for the obscene. 
most of us have been sheltered from what is taught in the public school system. Even the little we know causes great alarm and concern. <clears throat> and what the godless agenda does not corrupt, you know, there's all kinds of evil communication. There's, there's their peers that they would be continuously rubbing up to. Evil communication corrupt good manners. You know, so even if, even if on, even if the agenda of public education was all good, you know, if they just if they just taught, you know, what is right, what is good, you know, reading, math, social studies, you know, just had a, had a, perhaps a worldview that wasn't so, so violent, so corrupt, and, you know, even if, if that was all true, you know, there's still so much evil uh, companions and their peers that they would constantly have to be uh, up against. <clears throat> we had a, a couple in our home a while back here that uh, was actually uh, doing some mission work in, I believe it's in Manhattan, in New York. And uh, it, was just, it was just a blessing to, you know, they were homeschooling their children and, and uh, just it was a blessing to just hear his heart and and in he was sharing there how he at one time had spoken to uh, uh, I believe it was a Christian educator you know maybe it was the principal of a school and he was this uh, this man was uh, speaking to this principal and, and the principal actually got kind of on his case about not sending his children to school. You know, they need to socialize, they need to, you know, if they are Christians, they need to be a witness, you know, to their, to their peers, you know, they need to be uh, sharing, you know, their witness for Christ in this setting. And, uh, you know, this, this man asked the principal there, you know, do you believe in a greenhouse? I believe in a greenhouse. You know, it's to you know, it's what's it for? What's a greenhouse for? You know, well, if you start out plants, you know, you know they start out little sprigs. They, you know, there, there's no, you know, a little plant coming up isn't going to stand the, the rigors of the outside temperatures and the outside uh, beating until they get to be older. Especially thinking our northern climate here, you know, we start our little plants inside. You know, if you put a little tomato plant in the ground and try to get that thing to grow and, and to produce fruit by the time fall comes, it just wouldn't happen. You need to take that little tomato seed and you need to uh, bring it into an environment that is to nurture it, to protect it from the elements outside until it gets bigger, until it has some strength. So it can put up with the buffeting of the wind, and can put up to the to the rain and to the to the to the weather that comes up against it. And in the same way, it's true for our children. You know, and, you know when they start out small, you know, you know they are uh, uh, f 
they, they need protection. You know, they, they need protection from the elements that are in the world. You know, they cannot withstand, you know, the, the continuous barrage of what's, what would be coming up against them. You know, and it is our responsibility to teach them and to, you know, as they are exposed to different things, you know, that we come across, we do need to take those opportunities and teach them and to, and to build them up so that at one point or at some point in their life when they get older, they are able to speak with the enemies at the gate. They do have a foundation, and, and the foundation is God's word instilled in their hearts. <clears throat> And also in the in line of of protection, uh, and nurturing, I, I thought of purity. In Psalm one nineteen is a familiar passage, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way, by taking heed thereunto. By taking heed thereunto, according to thy word. You know, this, this matter of, of purity in our children, you know, how will they be pure? How will they cleanse their way? How shall they walk with a clear heart? It's by heeding to God's word. It's by uh, having God's word to continually cleanse them and to continually uh, wash them by the water of the word. And, and I, I thought, you know, the God's word does need to have a, uh, um, a very prominent place in our home education. You know, the teaching of God's word, the constant instruction of God's word to our children, instilling God's word in our children, uh, allowing their character to be developed by the teaching and the, the instruction of God's word. as we see here in Psalms, it's by taking heed thereon according to thy word. <clears throat> Another point under the nurturing of our children is the tutorage of our children, is the, is the teaching of our children. And I would say it's, out, it, it's uh, outfitting our children for life. You know, it's preparing them for life, giving them life skills that they need. You know, we as adults know what it takes. We know the, perhaps we know our own lack, where we, where we wish we would have paid more attention in school because we were running into things. Maybe it's in math, maybe it's in, in our reading or writing skills. Uh, we know what it takes. And I would, I would say we as parents need to, uh, you know, take that training seriously in, in, in the, these skills that we teach our children, they will be with them for the rest of their days. You know, and it will be uh, very uh, powerful tools in God's kingdom, you know, what we uh, instill in our children. You know, whether it's, um, you know, I think especially of, of writing and communication skills, uh, those uh, those skills are, you know, for somebody that is hands-on, that likes to do things hands-on, those skills, you know, it, it's kind of difficult to, 
to be excited about writing and communication is, you know, that's that's kind of book learning, and that's, no, that's not fun, you know. You're not building anything, you're not doing anything uh, seemingly very exciting, but that is, you know, as adults, I think we can very much appreciate how vital, important it is to be able to communicate well, to be able to, to, be able to read, to be able to write, and, you know, even spelling. You know, if a child doesn't, you know, grows up not knowing how to spell, and and then they have to, you know, write something or communicate something, it becomes very difficult. And I, I believe, uh, you know, as, as, as we think of raising our children in God's kingdom, this is a, a great skill that we can impart to our children. <clears throat> You know, so that, you know, we, you know, our children will be the next generation that will be uh, undertaking the task of, of le leading and guiding the children and, and or the, the church. Uh, so I believe they, they need the skills, you know, to have well thought out writings and, you know, maybe... Uh, Think of a child serving on the mission, on the mission field somewhere to, to be able to write a report that's concise, a report that's you know exciting and and uh, and not everybody has those skills, but I believe those skills can be acquired. You know, we can all learn to to communicate. We can all learn to uh, to do those things, and that's why we as parents need to undertake that for our children. And then <clears throat> there's also a lot of other physical skills, you know, that we could train our children in, whether it's building or uh, whatever other skills that we that is in our hands that we could teach them. Um, uh, let's do well in the tutorage of our children to nurture them, to guide them. And then in another point would be training, training our children. And I thought of this in, in relation of building character in our children. And I believe this, this, there's no better person or there's nobody else that can do a better job than we can as parents. You know, nobody understands our children better than we do. Nobody understands what they struggle with better than we do. And nobody is with them as much as we are. So we have... <clears throat> We can have a profound effect upon our children in training them, and and in uh, uh, we think of the the godly virtue and the character that we want them to have, and and we all know if we observe our children what they lack. You know, say, well, this child needs this, this child needs that. They need to work on it. And, and it's my responsibility to come alongside them, help them. You know, they're not going to just help themselves. You know, but we, we as parents need to <clears throat> notice those things and to come alongside and nurture them. You know, I have a list of characters here 
that we, I believe we all want our children to have. We want them to have love. We want them to have joy. We want them to have peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, honesty, industry, initiative, obedience, attentiveness, thankfulness, meekness, diligence, friendliness, perseverance, and a forgiving nature. And many other characters could be, could be listed here. But we know when our children exhibit uh, characters that are not in line to these things, and, and it's our duty to come alongside to try and uh, to try and correct it, to try and line by line shape and and guide our children. You know, it's our responsibility. Just like in the case of this bowl here, you know, it starts out with a bunch of these rough rings that somebody could put together and you have to take it and shape it. You know, it doesn't just come together like this. You have to take it and put a lot of time, just like a potter would take something and put it on the wheel and turn it and continually shape it. And oh, it doesn't turn out well, so you have to maybe start over a little bit and, and put a little more attention over here and, and, and continually watch how it's forming. Continually watch the edges. Is it coming out the way it should? Uh, you know, that's what we need to do with the character of our children is to continually form, to mold, and to guide. <clears throat> as far as nurturing, you know, I think of the cultivation of mind. You know, how we cultivate their minds is another part of nurturing them. You know, how should our children think? Uh, what, what worldview should they have? You know, that is, that is up to us as parents to instill in them how they should be thinking. How should they be thinking as Christians? How should they be thinking as, as children in God's kingdom? <clears throat> We need to challenge our children to think deeply. You know, we are in a superficial age, you know, where everything is pretty shallow. You know, communication is shallow. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but, you know, in, in many communications today, it's pretty light and pretty fluffy. You know, it doesn't say a lot. But you go back, hmm. You know, I'll just stay a hundred years and you write some, or if you read some of the writings that I've done a hundred years ago, and a lot of times it's like, huh, I better read this again and again and again to try and, what are they trying to say here? You know, and I think we're, we're starting to slip. We don't think as deeply as people used to think. We just think on the surface, you know, what, you know, what is easily uh, accessible here, and that's what I'll seen the situation and we don't dig deeper and, and in our 
uh, with our children, we need to get them to think deeper about the things of the world. You know, when we, you know, the situation, whether it's something in the news or whether, you know, uh, you know, a situation comes up to be able to take our children and to be able to expound to them, to help them to, to think deeper than just the surface. You know, what is underneath uh, to cultivate their mind, their thinking? And also, when it comes to nurture, there's a cultivation of morals. <clears throat> Again, we, we look at the, how the world teaches, and they teach in the classroom, they teach by example, and they continually lift up their debauched lifestyles. We need to, we need to be lifting up God's, uh, God's word, God's kingdom to our children continually. As the world you know, they have their method of how they do it. You know, in the classroom, they teach, you know, about their lack of morals, their godlessness, and by their very lifestyle to show the same, the same manner. And we try and, and, and go against that. You know, we, we want to lift up God's word to our children. We want to teach them by our own life and to, to guide their, their morals and their, their way of thinking, what, what things are important in God's kingdom. <clears throat> and I believe that goes right in line with the next point that I would like to talk about this in, in Ephesians there, about the admonition of the Lord. I mentioned earlier that admonition is calling attention to. So in this, in this I would like to say the admonition of the Lord is calling attention to the Lord. You know, we need to take the opportunities to call attention to the Lord in our home. As we guide in everyday things in our home, we need to draw attention to the Lord. As the situations arise, you know, whether it's situations in church or things happen in the world, we need to draw attention to the Lord. We need to, we need to look to God's word and say, how does God think about this? How does God feel about this? What is, what is God's view? What is God's perspective on this matter? Continually drawing attention to the Lord. Why do we do what we do? The world is actively engaging to teach our children its values. We must actively engage to teach our children God's values. We must make our children God conscious. God conscious. <clears throat> A verse there in Deuteronomy 11. I would like to read Deuteronomy 11:18. Many times we look to this verse. When you think about training our children, it says, Therefore shall ye lay 
up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eye and, they shall, and ye shall teach them your children, speaking to them when thou sittest in thy house and when thou walkest by the way and why that, when thou liest down and when thou risest up and when thou shalt write them upon the door and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates. This is an active every day. Do it daily. Do it continuously. To take the situations and to the situations in life and to continually bring our children to, to the viewpoint, to God's viewpoint. You know, here it speaks about frontlets. You know, I, you know, I thought of the, the word there for, for a little bit. I, I don't know if I know the full significance of the frontlets, whether it's just something that they, they tied to their forehead so that it was ever visible. But I thought, you know, that's what we really need to be for our children, is as frontlets to them, you know, to continually bring before them these matters. You know, God, these matters concerning God, you know, not to, uh, you know, not in a harsh manner, but in continually teaching, continually uh, lifting up God's standard and God's word to them so that they begin to, 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 to have God's uh, virtue and God's character instilled in their hearts. <clears throat> In Genesis 18, 19, it speaks about Abraham. God's testifying of Abraham. He says, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. It said of Abraham that, that I know him. I know Abraham. What do I know about him? That he will command his children in his household after me. He is going to teach his children. He is going to bring his household after me. Is that our desire? You know, as we look at our children, to nurture them, to, to bring them up in the, in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, to continually bring God before them. I thought of uh, the, in the world, in the values that the world has, the, the world view that the, uh, that the, I guess the average person in the world looks at, you know, this is the training that they have, you know, this is the beginnings that they had, this is the nurture that they have. You know, they are taught that there is no God. You know, there, there's evolution. You know, we just came out of nothing. You know, the, you know, there's no accountability to God because there is no God. There is no, there's no right and wrong. It's only what you, what you feel is right and wrong. There's no, you know, your conscience really has no effect. You know, it's only what you think 
Uh, you know, there's the removal of God from, from the school, from society. And what does all this produce? Increased lawlessness. We, we heard already this morning how the, the prisons are filling up. But considering what's said before children, I just have a few statistics here. By age 18, a U.S. youth will have seen 6,000 simulated murders and 200,000 acts of violence. That's by age 18. The average youth living in the U.S. watches television 25 hours a week and plays computer games an additional seven hours. A steady diet of violent content over time creates a culture that tells kids that violence is the accepted way to solve our problems. And finally, children spend more time watching television than any other activity except sleep. So this is what's before them. You know, this is the worldview that's constantly before them. And, and we see the effects of it. We, you, know, we, you, know, you know, what do we have? You know, we've, we've not even mentioned anything about uh, the immorality they're continuously exposed to. You know, the things that are not even fit to speak about. You know, but it produces in them immorality, selfishness, a rebellion, a disobedience. And a culture that is permeated with godless values everywhere we turn. You know, I, I, I continually marvel, you know, at, at the places you find you know, maybe you go to a restaurant and just, you know, it's continually before them. You know, part of the advertising or the thing that the restaurant puts out is, you know, lifts up rebellion. It lifts up the, you know, children, you can go your own way. You can do whatever you want. No rules. Do whatever, do whatever pleases you. You know, that's our society is continually, you know, uh, feeding into this. And we see the, the effects of it is, is very bad. But this is what the world is immersed in. What do we hold before our children? What is the worldview that we hold before our children? You know, we don't want we don't, certainly don't want them to go after uh, what we see in the world. So we need to hold up a different worldview to them. A, you know, as we nurture, as we uh, bring our children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, what do we set before them? And I just have a few points here. In closing, as we, as we consider what we need to set before them, in Psalm 111, verse 10, it speaks about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
a good understanding have they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. And in Proverbs 9:10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So the first thing that we need to set before our children is everything starts with God. You know, here we read that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Without God, you know, there is no wisdom. Unless we believe in God, unless we fear God, there is no wisdom. You know, to, uh, you know, that is the foundation that we need to bring our children up in. You know, without that foundation, you know, nothing else would really matter. <clears throat> you know, we need to bring our children up that we, they, they are accountable to God and that ultimately we have been bought with a price and that we need, we are not our own. That is in great contrast to what the world teaches. The world teaches, you know, you are your own. Do what you want. There is no rules. There is no God that you have to obey. There is no God that you have to be accountable to. Do whatever pleases you. But we know it's the opposite of, of godliness. <clears throat> and part of this Christian worldview that we want to have our, our children in, it starts with God and it's it has Christ-centered values. The values that we seek to instill in our children are Christ-centered. I, I read them earlier. You know, it's love, joy, peace. It's those things which come out of true Christian virtue. And I would say it's, it's, we need to work uh, with our children that it comes from the heart. You know, that it's not just something that... Uh, I should do this, but it's something that, that truly comes from the heart. You know, Jesus, uh, speaking about the Pharisees, he said, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside may be clean also. Let the virtue and the character that they have come from within the heart. You know, so that it is... Uh, you know, when it comes out as love, that it truly comes from a loving heart, from a joyful heart, from a peaceful heart. You know, that's what we want uh, to instill in our children, not just to do the right thing, which has certain uh, benefits, but it's not, it needs to go deeper than that. It needs to come from a right heart. <clears throat> hearts that are affected by the gospel. Then finally, as we consider a Christian worldview, uh, is conduct that become that is becoming of a Christian. You know, this is part of our nurture and admonition of the Lord to bring our children up to have a conduct that is becoming of a Christian. In Philippians 1.27, it says, Only let your conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ. 
as becometh the gospel of Christ. Let your conversation, let your behavior be such that becometh the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is how, how Christ lived on this earth, what, what his teaching was, what his, what his whole life was. And so may our children be, be brought up in that, that they, that they are becoming of this gospel of, of the Lord Jesus Christ whom we serve. <clears throat> you know, when it's all said and done, we need to have instilled in our children principles that will guide them for the rest of their lives. They need to have an eternal purpose. They need to have an eternal purpose. And this is what we, what we direct our children and what we guide them. And this is the task that's before us. This is why... This is why home education is important because it's, it's uh, to kind of summarize, you know, you know, God has given us the privilege and hopefully we can, we can use that privilege uh, to outfit our children in God's kingdom for the year 2014 and beyond. You know, the things that are before us we don't know what the future holds, but we know things are different for our children than they were for us. So we need to, we need to labor with God's help to, to instill these things in our children. May God grant us wisdom and patience and much grace for the task that's ahead for us. The Lord bless you. Thank <clears throat>